0: In this episode of the Gibbs Sunday podcast, the audio is pulled directly from the video recording, so some parts may not make as much sense without the visual component. Don't worry, the vast majority is perfect for audio listening. If you'd like to watch this video, you can do so by heading to the Gibbs Sunday YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Let's jump in. When it comes to influence. There's very few people who have had the impact on the musical world the way that Les Paul has. You might not know who Les Paul is, which isn't likely if you're watching this video, or you may not know all that Les Paul had accomplished in his lifetime. The problem is that his list of accomplishments are so long and and, and ranging so widely that I really just, we can't get into all of them. But there is one really, really important piece that I'd like to tell you that'll help set the stage for you to understand who it is that Les Paul is, and just how great his impact was on the musical world. Les Paul is responsible for multi-track recording. Um, What that means, for those of you who don't know, multi-track recording allowed for multiple inputs to be recorded simultaneously. So you look at a drum kit and you think, there's five, six, seven pieces that need to be recorded or there are five six seven pieces that are separate from each other well why don't we record each one so that we can get a really fine wonderful uh articulate sound from each and every individual drum rather than one big overhead that records all of it simultaneously and kind of washes it out that's what multi-track recording allows for it allows for a full band to be recorded simultaneously five microphones you know three or four guitars bass keys drums everything simultaneously being recorded choirs vocalists whatever the thing might be where there's more than one thing happening at a time being able to put a microphone there and record it that's multi-track recording so it's likely that in your lifetime your whole lifetime if not the majority of your whole lifetime you have experienced multi-track recording, which is Les Paul's work. You have experienced multi- you have experienced Les Paul's work firsthand every single day, possibly without even knowing it. So name someone who's had a bigger impact on the world than Les Paul. It's insane. And that's why we can't get into the entire list of accolades because the list just goes on. And to think about how big that is in and of itself just means that there's really no time to unpack all of it. Well, I want to introduce you to someone else that you may not know. It's Mr. Tom Doyle. Tom Doyle was Les Paul's right-hand man for more than 45 years. He carried multiple different titles for Les. He was his luthier, he was his technician and engineer, he was everything, business partner, confidant, all of these different things that made for a really special relationship. When Tom, and Mr. Les Paul met, it was in the latter half, the second half of Les Paul's career. And Tom was just a young man at the time. And we'll, we'll get into that story later about how they met exactly. But when they met, Les scooped him up and said, coming with me, and then they went on to work together for for almost half a century, which is just incredible. Thanks to that work together, uh, Mr. Tom Doyle went on to become known as the Luthier to the stars, working with some of the biggest names in music and rock and roll. So why am I telling you about these two men? Well, if you didn't know about Les Paul, if you didn't know his music, if you didn't know his accomplishments, if you just didn't know who he is or or what he did, maybe you knew about his guitar, one of the best-selling guitars ever made, the Gibson Les Paul. Along with the rest of his accolades, let me give you another one that, that Mr. Les Paul brought into the world. Um, the Les Paul is the world's first electric solid body guitar. So not just iconic in that it's um, a very cool guitar that the best musicians in the world have played, but a catalyst, a, a total game changer in the most literal sense. From that point on, it was it was just different. Music was just different, thanks to Mr. Les Paul and his creation, the electric solid body guitar. Well, even though this guitar was everything that it was, it actually had a very short production time and really only lived for about eight years, from 1952 until 1960. There are different reasons why the, the production run was so short, which we'll get into in the video, um, but, when it was discontinued in 1960, in 1961, the Les Paul came back out. But it didn't come out as the Les Paul as we know today. It came out in a new body, with new wood, with new sounds, with the old name. It came out as the SG, but not the Les Paul SG, just the Les Paul. Not the SG, the Les Paul. Not the new Les Paul, the Les Paul. (laughs) It was an entirely different beast, but sporting an old name, which is just confusing. So if you feel confused by that, you're in good company, because I was too. And I wanted to know, why was this guitar discontinued this way, but then brought back with a new name? And then later, why was Les's name removed, and then the SG added to this new Les Paul? Again, if you're feeling confused right now, it's because it was confusing. So, When the SG came along, now known as the Les Paul, it only had a very short production time as well. And then later, it was given the name, the SG, and had Les's name removed from it. I wanted to know why this is. The thing is, until you can actually go to the source, the internet can only offer you so much. Unfortunately, the source has since passed, that source being Mr. Les Paul. So I went to Mr. Tom Doyle, which is why I brought up these two different men. Mr. Tom Doyle was his confidant, his business partner for 45 plus years. And it made sense to ask him, you know, hey, Tom, do you know why it was that this thing happened? Can you speak into this with any clarity? So Tom, can you enlighten us? Can you tell us what happened? And he did. And it's amazing. He's got stories and stories and stories. So much so that this conversation went on for an hour. So. I kept it as long as I could, because even though it may not always be exactly about the conversation topic of Les's name on the SG, it was still relevant, it was still wonderful, funny, etc. So I wanted to keep as much as possible. I know it's hard to watch in video format, so make sure to save it to your watch later so you can watch it in parts as you come and go. Or if you're YouTube Premium, then you can watch in the background, listen to the background. So in this video, we're going to discuss why Les's name was added and then removed from the SG, Les Paul's sense of humor, how it is that Tom came to know Les Paul, and way, way, way more. So I hope you enjoy this video. Let's jump in and find out why Les Paul's name was added and then later removed to the Gibson SG. All right, so Mr. Tom Doyle, it is a pleasure to be talking with you today thanks so much for taking some time and having this conversation with me it is always a pleasure every time that we get to connect and get to chat so i am i'm grateful for this time today
1: and so am i that's very nice cam thank you Yeah,
0: absolutely so i've been thinking a lot about the um the gibson sg these uh these beautiful guitars back here behind me and um as i've been thinking about them You know, there's so much conjecture surrounding the history of the Gibson SG, like where it came from, how it came to be... you Know if it was actually introduced as this or that or whatever, and you know, it occurred to me that rather than just playing around on the internet, I could go as close to the source as possible and go
1: okay, and sure,
0: and ask <laughs> you some questions because, uh, sure. not, not much good comes from the internet, so it made more sense,
1: or <laughs> <laughs> a lot of confusion comes from the internet, that's for sure, right? That's absolutely true, Jay. Just yeah. as
0: much confusion as anything else, so, um, so with that let's you know let's kind of build out why it is that you're such a great you know source to go to to ask okay. um you okay. worked with mr les paul for you know the, the better half of the second half of his career that's uh, correct you held many titles correct
1: absolutely uh, you know i was a you know engineer guitar tech i actually was uh you know his performance engineer besides doing all his shows on on the uh, you know on broadway which was about 27 years there wow. and so uh you know i was his compatriot yeah co-inventor i did so many things with him wow. it was you know plus as I, I was his chauffeur as well too so, <laughs> so
2: uh yeah you know,
0: absolutely but
1: but it was a complete honor for me to be what i was with less so that's what it was
0: sure so that's no small thing and i you know I am curious, and I mean this with the utmost respect to both you and to him. Did you also consider yourself a friend to him?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, when Les and I first met, which was many years before I uh, actually uh, I, when I first met him, I can't get into the de- details right now. But it right. was at his front door, and so, <laughs> so that that meeting was not really a meeting as for for me because I didn't even recognize right. that that was Les Paul and I was right. talking to. Yeah, yeah. So that, <laughs> but later on, you know, five years later, right? That's when I really got to know him because he came to see me play and perform sure. with my sister at the time. And that became a big deal, yeah. being invited up to his house. Right. And when you're invited to the master's house, right. you know that that's a special day. And so totally. that's how, it began. That's how yeah, it began.
0: Absolutely. And and just to go back for a second, when he came and saw you play, you didn't know he was going to be there.
1: No, I had no idea at all, Cam. uh. uh it, Incidentally, my mother and father didn't know because my because Les Paul actually called my mother and father mm. and said, "I heard your kids are great. I want to come and see them tonight." Yeah. And uh, don't tell them that I'm coming. And this was Les's uh, this is Les's demeanor. He never wanted anybody to know who he was. Sure. He was always incognito, so to speak. Yeah. He would never know as Les Paul. Anyway, so when he went to see us at this place that we were playing at, which was called the Silver Fountain at the time. Yeah. and uh we got finished with the song we had done uh actually a, a a song that was a multiple we had a 350 apex with us which we did six parts on that and added two more parts live yeah. with it and we got done with the song bye bye blues and uh he, this gentleman came up walking towards us with his hands out saying hi i'm les paul i want to <laughs> tell you you kids are great you're less Paul. Oh God. It's the right. same guy I met years before anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that was the beginning. So that was how it all started.
0: That's incredible. I love that he talked to your parents first. That that's amazing. So there came a point for whatever reason, good or bad, where Les's career was, um, maybe not as prolific as it, as it once was, Correct. which yes. happens in everyone's careers. It's just, you know, it's a part of the process. And, right. In that time, Les's name was removed from the Gibson Les Paul.
1: That's correct. Right.
0: And this was, this was a thing. This was kind of a big deal, you know, for, for the Les Paul being the, yeah. the very first electric solid body guitar. That's right. It's a big deal to then remove the name from it.
1: Right. Well, there's a number of reasons for that. If you want me to get into that, I will. Uh, uh
0: Yes, almost. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> I do. We're gonna really uh, pull this thing apart, really take our time with
1: it. <laughs> okay, okay. Very, so, very good.
0: When Les's name was removed from the Les Paul, it it wasn't just that his name was removed, but it was that his guitar was actually discontinued. Is that
1: correct? That is correct. Yes it is.
0: So the, the sales, very, sorry, go ahead. The, sa-
1: the sales were going down, down, down and down. Uh-huh. Right, and so that became a, a kind of a, a moving part of Gibson. What can we do to boost sales sure. up? Right, and and so you know, Fender was on its way, right, you know, with the Telecaster and so on. And so they knew they had to do something to compete right. with that. So uh, they came up with this SG, which is solid body guitar, if you want right. to call it the real name. And uh, so essentially his name was on that guitar when he first came out with
0: it right so les's name and guitar the first electric solid body goes away and a new guitar is introduced in its place
1: that's correct
0: it's not introduced as the gibson sg it's just introduced as the gibson les paul
1: that is correct
0: and it's I mean, in, in some senses, it's it's not just apples to apples; it's apples to oranges. You know, Fords to Chevys. It's a it's a big jump to go from yeah. a Les Paul to an SG.
1: That is correct, and and of course, the, just the 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 dimensions and weight of it. Right. Uh, and having no maple on the guitar at all, just mahogany.
2: Right. Yeah,
1: has a different sounding guitar altogether. Totally. Uh, right, it, but what they went for was. uh, because the Les Paul, the first Les Paul, you know, 52 Les Paul uh-huh. was very heavy. Right. You know, we're talking eight, nine pounds, depending.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: And so being that heavy, they felt that that was a, a detriment to sales possibly also. Sure. Right. So now they wanted to compete with a lighter guitar and it's, you know, it's half the thickness of a Les Paul uh-huh. and no maple top, which takes away some more weight. Right. And, uh, but it has, it seems like it has a longer neck. It really doesn't. It just means that it, it starts in a different place yep. on the guitar than the 16th fret uh-huh. on the Gibson gold. Right. That's what they started with. So yep. now you have this guitar that was basically designed by the design team with Ted McCarty and his engineers. Right. And Les was a little disconcerned with that, of course. Sure. <laughs> um, you know. Well, uh, so
0: is he helped he, develop the actual Les Paul, right? He it was that, it was his
1: Uh, Yeah, that was his baby. And uh, he spent his whole life trying to convert people or convince people, I should say, Uh that that idea was really the right way to go for sustain, cleanly, you know, the the very clean sound if you were going to play clean. Right. And also a loud sound without feeding back. So. Now the SG could do that, but it was a little different baby altogether, and not totally. really his baby. That's, that, yeah. was the, that was that was a real for,
0: trick. R- right? Well, again, I mean, for him to have put so much, I mean, years into designing the Les Paul, and then to have McCarty's team—that's right—design something away from him entirely. That's he, right. You know, he's being handed something that's foreign
1: it's foreign it is and not is.
0: bad just like what i didn't make this right <laughs> the other one right. is fine the other one is the last paul so to have this entire entirely foreign thing with your name on it you know That's it, right. it's almost like identity theft like
1: <laughs> yeah well i think he felt the same way
0: sure i mean i yeah. think he
1: felt very uh, uh how can i say uh hurt i would is the right word that yeah. this was done really without his real knowledge in a sense sure. of you know, wow, we're going to change this completely and just remove the other Les Paul out of the guitars guitar. So I think that was a hurtful thing for him. Totally.
0: Was he at the time, was he in retirement yet or was this pre-retirement?
1: Let's put it to you this way. Uh, Actually, they worked. uh, This is less than Mary. They worked right up to about 63, 64. Uh They were divorced around that time, but they were still working and still recording and still making records. Uh, they had switched to uh, a couple of different companies, even but Columbia. Right. Uh, actually, and there was a, another company in between. It. But anyway, that company. And so they were kind of trying to be something of more of the day. Yeah. But. You really can't be more of the day if you're not part of the day. You know what I mean? You're not That's not your bag. Yeah. And and Les would be the first one to admit that he would say, geez, it just knocked us all out. Right. That's that's Bing Crosby, uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, everybody knocked us out. Yeah. So that was part of the he said, Tom, it's like having your, your your whole kingdom taken away from you. Yeah. And he said it's very difficult if psychologically this is totally. a tough thing to deal with.
0: Yeah. That's kind of where I was going with that question. Was you figure he's he's coming to at least a lull. And maybe at the time he didn't know this, but he's coming to a lull in his career. That's his right. relationship is transitioning. You know, he's he's losing his marriage. That's right. You know, he's now his guitar, his baby the thing that was his, his most significant or the thing that I think he told me it was the thing he was most proud of professionally. That's
1: correct. That's right.
0: All of these things are going away within a few years of each other. Yes. He just has to, you know, cope with it and accept it.
1: Yeah. Difficult because if you're on the, on the, uh, you know, the billboard charts in those days, and all of a sudden you're not there anymore. Yeah. And they won't even play your songs because, you know, rock and roll is coming in. Totally. It's a very, I think there was a conversation that uh, Les had with one of his promoters huh. uh, for his records. And it was a very heated argument about sure. it and how he felt that they weren't doing enough to keep them on the charts. Yeah. But the, the the world had turned a different corner now. It, it's totally. not where it was. Right. And so he felt, you know, terrible about that. But right. of course, like anybody would. And, uh, you 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 said at the beginning that they had a good run. There's no question yeah, about that. Totally, you know, right? And uh, made millions of dollars too, by the sure. way. But at, even at that a time when millions was insane. Really, so that's right. Yeah. You're making yeah. twenty thousand dollars a week, or sometimes twenty thousand dollars a performance. Right. And now that all goes away. Right. Uh, you know, it's very difficult. And uh, totally. yeah, so he was kind of retired by sixty six. You know, that was he was. He called it quits, so to speak. He yeah. Threw in the towel is his sure. words, you know. Yeah. He said, just that's it, you know. Yeah. And that's when I came into the picture, actually, is right. 1965, end of 65 and yeah. 66. Right. So that was when he saw what I was doing when I was playing out, and how I was using amplifiers and I was using, you know, uh all kinds of different ideas with tweeters and woofers sure. and horns and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh he began to realize, well, at least there's somebody who likes what I did, right? <laughs> meaning me. And, sure. uh, and so I was the perfect person for him to kind of kind of lean into yeah. and kind of say, what's going on out there, Tom? Tell um, me what you think. And sure. that's how that began.
0: That's fantastic. What prompted all of this was my confusion around Les' name on what I know as the SG. Now, sure. in my lifetime, it's always been the SG. But it, you know, like going back, it wasn't just the SG, it was the Les Paul. So my confusion came from, you know, A, that, but B, why his name was actually taken off. Because again, no one really addresses that. And even when the SG becomes just the SG and no longer the, the Les Paul, the original Les Paul is not introduced for another five years.
1: Correct. Right.
0: So there's really a gap, <laughs> a big gap. That's right. This yeah. kind of shift. So I guess the the first thing that I'm I'm most curious of, just the the piece that I really want to kind of hammer in on and understand is why was lessa's name taken off of the SG in the first place?
1: Well, I think there's two reasons for it. Uh, uh, first of all, he was going through a divorce. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, is that the confusion would be if you're going through a divorce. What is the settlement going to be? Sure. And so, and so, and so, uh, the reasonable thing to do, I think, Gibson even even was part of this, uh-huh. was to say, take the name off Less because then she can't get assigned to the royalties that we're sending you now. Right. And so, I think Gibson was a big part of that as well, not just sure. Less. Sure. And so, that was the main you know impetus so to speak okay the other reason later if you want me to answer that now yeah, yeah please yeah the other reason was that he didn't like the way the neck was actually put into the sg guitar okay uh because it was like a bow and arrow to him <laughs> actually t- change the tuning by moving the neck it was that it was that movable you know yeah. people maybe didn't realize that but it was very movable they yeah. would also be getting guitars with cracks uh, starting from the neck joint, going into the cutaways of uh, the SG, right. and that became a problem. Right. So they had to reinforce that joint. That didn't make less like the guitar any better. Sure, but, but it still was uh, part of the reason why he said, "Take my name off of this thing. It's not not right. I just don't like it." Yeah, and uh, the other reason was is the points. You know, the actual points on the guitar. Really, for a guy like less at that time it was very animated when he played right. up so,
0: and down that fingerboard. Right. When you mean the points, you mean what you, the, the devil horns or whatever. Yes.
1: Yeah. He felt that that was a uh, pretty dangerous for a guy like him. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm, I'm sure that did happen to people where they hit their sure. hands or their wrist, you know, anyway. Absolutely. So, so those are, those are three things now, you know, yeah. and, uh, and so he, he was really, um, you know he really didn't like the sg in the sense of that reason it was yeah. not a secure guitar got it would it. not stay in tune as much as he would like if you were going to start really getting tough on that neck yeah because it would move back and forth sure so those were yeah. the things that really got to him and uh, uh i think then uh gibson being the person actually advising him With his manager, that you should take the name off. Sure. uh, Because of the royalty aspect. And they never did get back to putting it back on until much later. Right. uh, Many years later. But anyway, so that's it's a little bit more in yeah. focus now. Right. Right. It yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: It's easy to look back now and kind of divide the camps, right. It's easy to That's say
1: right.
0: "Yeah, he like it, he did like it or whatever. Yeah. Of course, in real time, nothing is ever quite so clean, but That's it, correct. It, it's easy to have that 2020, you know, of course. Right. Um. But those are kind of the, interestingly, you gave three, but it sounds like there are two main camps even within that. One is preference. That's correct. And the second is the the business aspect.
1: That's correct. But
0: unfortunately, we're talking about the business side of a relationship, which is is difficult. You know, that's hard to that's say. That's right. But it that's was right. still, they, they were a couple who did business together and that's they right. continued on as professionals afterwards. So of course, business was a big part of that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that was always the interesting part was you know, the one side would say, Oh, he hated the SG, which based on our conversations, he never hated the SG. It just, it wasn't his lesson.
1: That's correct. It wasn't his design. Yeah. Uh, and, and what are you going to do with that design? I mean, he, what right. what could he do with it? You know, I mean, it, it was, that was it. Yeah. So uh, what could you improve? Uh, you, you could put a maple top on it, but then yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that still wouldn't be his guitar as the totally. point. And so, yeah. Yeah. There's so much
0: different guitars. So yeah, different.
1: Yeah, very different. And uh, uh, he, I don't know whether you know this or not, but he always used to move the pickups on those guitars. Uh, he moved the uh, the neck pickup right up close to the end of the neck.
0: Oh, interesting. Oh,
1: okay. And so that's where he wanted the harmonic structure of that pickup yeah. to pick up the string right there. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he moves the rear pickup closer to the bridge, as a matter of fact. So if he had a three pickup custom,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, he would take that middle pickup the heck out of there right away. He wouldn't even use it. Right. And, and same thing for Mary. He'd take that out of Mary's guitar, too. Yeah. So I don't think people realize that. Now, uh, when that was done, uh, you didn't have a place to put the name either, if you follow what I mean. Yeah, only, yeah, only yeah. On the, You'd have to right. put it on the headpiece, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. Or on the, on the truss rod plate. Okay. Right. Which was done also. Right. So, uh, uh, those little things are yeah. what's important. Now, when you move the pickup where Gibson designed it and leave a space that I had mentioned a while back to you, uh huh. and then they started putting that little plaque right here, <laughs> yeah. right here, right in that spot. If you can see this, I don't know if you can see that. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Okay. And that's to cover up that. Neck joint that you, you know, you would see that neck joint there and that's what we cover it up. Yeah. So anyway.
0: I'm curious as a, as a part of that, those movements are not subtle movements. Um, Did he route the body himself or did he have Gibson do it? What was that?
1: Uh, No, he just, uh, Wally, Wally Kamen, which is his brother-in-law was his bass player and also his, his guitar tech. Uh Uh, Wally was sick when I got there, he was dying of cancer. Oh yeah! But I didn't know it at the time. Sure. But anyway, uh, Wally would take a you know a hot screwdriver and a hammer and start cutting. <laughs> it out. That's it. They didn't have tools <laughs> like that. Sure, so yeah, it's he, the '50s. Not yeah, you know, that banging around till he chopped it out of there. You know, with a chisel and uh-huh. hot screwdrivers, and that's what he did. So wow! <laughs> gives you an idea. Oh, you can imagine.
0: just to think about all of those you know SG lovers out there just cringing at the idea of Wally just smashing around
1: (laughs) that's what he did and so the other thing is that made the neck even more susceptible to movement because he made a bigger hole closer to the end of the fingerboard so you follow that so he said that pickup is in the wrong spot Uh so they should have designed it differently for where it should be Right. So when he did that, that made it even worse. And originally, like on this SG I have, um, it's a very smooth transition. Can you see that? I can't Uh tell if you can see. Can you see that? I can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That smooth transition was great for playing real fast up and down the neck. Yeah. But but essentially, um, that made it even more precariously possible to break easy there. So.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah. All
1: these little things, you know.
0: Yeah. I didn't know anything about the movement that's really oh, no. interesting it makes perfect yeah. sense though in terms of what you're saying where he wanted it right.
1: harmoniously yes. that's right interesting and you know he he uh, was always moving pickups if you see other guitars that he has and i one that i did a long time ago redid, did which was a uh, black beauty which we uh, actually uh, went to auction years ago okay. anyway there was a big valley in between the pickups But he always put other things in between there, which most people didn't realize. Interesting. He was humbucking in the early days when people didn't know that he was humbucking. (laughs) He did that on his gold tops as well, too.
0: Yeah, that's great. Wow.
1: Let me let me just show you this. You can see this if you can see this picture. I'll see if I can.
0: Yeah, It looks great. No, you're good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you can see that picture. You can see where that front pickup is, Uh or that neck pickup. It's It's right up on Closer to the end. Yep. And the rear pickup is near the bridge.
0: Yeah, right so you up on give it an t- idea. Wow. And the
1: reason that he's got that, that black plate on there, of course, is to cover the hole that he took the other pickup out. Yeah. Anyways.
0: Or while he's banging around in
1: there making space. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely correct. I've done what you, Go ahead. What you don't know, he did make some of these low impedance as well. Mm. Did I, I didn't tell you that before, did I? No. So for somebody who didn't like the guitar, he was also a businessman. Sure. Well, if I got to play this guitar, uh-huh. I have to make it in the low impedance world so I can record with it. Right. And, and so yeah. that was a lot of things were done to this, to these SGs that he had yeah. uh, and, and to make them low impedance so he could go low into the board. Yeah. And so he could record directly with it. Yeah.
0: So one of the things that I like about this story so much with all of the different aspects is that, I mean, Les was very utilitarian. Right. If I, if the thought process that if I have to record with this, then I'll do X, that is very utilitarian.
1: That's correct.
0: Yes. So he, was, yes. he was able, he was able to reach beyond his preference that's and, correct. and pull a guitar out and say, I'll make this the best that I can make it. And then I'll use it for whatever.
1: Right. I, and that's because fantastic. He, that's exactly right. And so here's, that's the major point. He was a businessman, right? He knew that uh, this yeah. wasn't his guitar, but if uh-huh. it's going to be my guitar for right now, yeah, uh, then I'm going to make it work for me. Right. So when I go out and play, it's to set uh-huh. up the way and sounds like I want it to be.
2: Yes. And I love that.
1: So what, what he did, he took the regular high impedance pickups. I don't know whether everybody can follow this. And he took a transformer uh-huh. and, and instead of making uh, a, what we call a step up transformer, to, to step something up or step something down, uh-huh. meaning to make the impedance correct to go into a board. Okay. He reversed it. He took he took a, 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 a transformer and reversed it so that now it went into the transformer high impedance and came out low. OK, to go into his board okay, rather than the other way, which would be come into the transformer low and make it high yeah. and go out. To an amplifier, yeah. So he did all these little tricks. He says, "Tom, it's simple." Yeah, he just reversed the transformer. You're right, Tom. It's simple. Okay, sure. <laughs> that's his words. You know, yeah, I, can't, yeah. uh, I mean, I had a great time with this great man. Yeah. I was honored all that time to work with him. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, with going back to his, you know, kind of utilitarian approach, um, he even played it. I mean, it's it's in one of the uh, the covers of one of his records, um, Les Paul. Now, isn't that correct? That's correct. Yeah. He's playing yes. the, um, what we would call the, you know, the white SG
1: Les Paul custom custom. Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. But even if you look on the inside of that cover, there's another picture of a, of a cream, you know, custom Les Paul, and that's got only two pickups on it again. Yeah. And also what you don't know, and I can't, I can't show I You can't really point it out on the picture, but, Up on the upper corner here, if you can Uh see that, right up on the upper corner. Uh Okay, that's actually an output for his microphone that he did. Oh, wow. So Mary had one with a microphone coming out, and he had one with a microphone coming out. So it's quite a a very thin guitar. He had to use a special jack to do that. Yes. I'm kind of blown away right now. So yeah, see what I'm saying is like I said, he's a businessman he yeah. knows if I'm stuck with this thing, uh-huh. I've got to make it work for what we know how to do. And that's, yeah. that's what it was. You yeah. know,
0: and I, I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong. So tell me if I am, but I would imagine that his, his tweaking and his, you know, continued development of this guitar probably made right. him like it more because of him making yeah. it his.
1: That's yeah. I would agree with you on that because I walked in the first time I walked into the studio, his main studio, the control room, uh, and I see SG there. And it's, right. it's, a, it's actually tuned as a baritone guitar. It had baritone strings on it. Mm. He made a baritone guitar out of that and uh, used it on his multiple recordings right. that were later. Okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> So wow.
1: he was still using them, yeah. even though he didn't really you know, sign on to them the way sure. we thought yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But again, when he made it his... That's right. And he used it. You know, he, ah, oh, that's, I love that.
1: I love that. Yeah, it's, so it's great. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct.
0: fantastic. Cause that's, I, I feel like the, one of the reasons I like that so much is that's just not really how we do things in, in my generation.
1: That's right.
0: You know, I you know. recycle it, you, you sell it, go get a new one you, you, until that's you right. find the, the right one right. or whatever. You know, you don't, you don't make it yours.
1: Well, and this is kind of why he was so close to Eddie Van Halen. Okay. Because yeah. Eddie, Eddie Van Halen did the same thing. Totally. But he had no idea that Les was doing what he was doing until yeah. later on in his career. Sure. So they, he just n- took nails and hit the guitar, put a right. pick up someplace where he wanted, and nailed it in there. Yeah. You know, didn't realize that it was connected to the wood so tight that made it even sound better. So right. These things are wow. th- this type of person. Yeah. Kind of you know. Les always used to say, "You are who you are around." You know. And yeah. Right you know, so that's part of what it is. He, yeah. But that was later on in his career, of course. Totally. Right? sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, that there's a couple of those sayings. It's, you know, tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are.
1: That's right. Uh, that's or, right. You know, that's the, right.
0: Birds of a feather flock together. There's you know,
1: that's, that's, that's right. Yes. A bunch of yes. Those. Right. That
0: makes perfect sense. Why Eddie and Les would gravitate toward each other, of course. And, and similarly, you, it makes sense why the two of you would gravitate toward each other.
1: Exactly. Correct. I mean, when he first came to see me perform, uh, here I am with an Ampex tape recorder, right? Mm-hmm. I actually had a system that I brought back from Germany when I was in the armed forces, which was called the Echolet system. Right. That Echolette system was a PA system okay. with tape echo in it, mm. which was controllable. Yeah. So I And we had AKG microphones that I brought right. back from Germany. Yeah. So he knew when he came to see me, he says, man. You got some good equipment here—JBL J- speakers, <laughs> yeah. cabinets, and woofers and horns and. Twi- anyway, so this is where this relationship grew uh-huh. because of that. Yeah,
2: yeah
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Once Les's name was removed from the SG, you know, this is mid-divorce. Yeah. Right. How did he feel about the continuation of the guitar of just the SG?
1: Well. You know this again. Uh, remember, I came into his life in sixty-five, late sixty-five, 16, right. and then sixty-six. Um, we would drive around and find out what people were using, mm. and he wanted to see what, who was playing what. Uh-huh. And the, and, the, and and he would say, "That's my my Bible, time, I look at what's going on on yeah. the ground." Uh-huh. And we would see people playing SGs, uh-huh. and we'd be seeing guys playing old Les Pauls. Uh-huh. And he began to say, you know, they 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 want that less ball for that type of power that it gives. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, you know, I I don't think it's over yet. That was his words, you know. Yeah. And so so it gives you an idea. He's constantly evaluating. Yeah. Right. His audience is telling him what should happen next. Right. And and this was, you know, I'll just go back to the song he made that made him a big hit with Mary, which is How High the Moon. Hmm. They played that in many different tempos in different clubs. Yeah. And would ask the people, what do you think? Should it be medium tempo? Should it be slow? Should it be up tempo? Tell uh, us what you like best. And they would play all three different versions <laughs> or four versions. <laughs> yeah. And ask the audience. And that's how he came up with the way he would record that song. It, it, wow. He he used the audience to wow. tell him what to do.
0: He really had a finger on the pulse.
1: Oh, he did. He sure wow. did. Yeah.
0: Um Tell me about how you went and saw Jimmy Page and saw him play in the Les Paul.
1: Um, well, let, let's put it to you this way: I think it was when they were in New York, mm-hmm, yep, and we were recording, I think, or something, and and so that was a big change for Les to see that happen, right? And he, so he was, he didn't even tell me who I was. We were going to see, yeah, until we got there. I said, is that Jimmy Page? He said, yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> this is less again, you know? Yeah. He keeps people, uh, he likes to see reactions. He likes to see what the reaction is and what what I got out of it. What, now, yeah. what did you think about that, Tom? Right. As he's constantly testing the waters. And so yeah. that's how that came about. So it wasn't a long visit, but it sure. was a visit. Yeah. And so that was it. And uh, yeah. then Jimmy Page certainly came down to Fat Tuesdays later. Right. Uh, in the eighties to come and play and sit in and all that kind of stuff, you know,
0: roughly what year was that when you, the two of you went to the
1: end of 83. Oh, oh, wow. you mean, oh, no, you mean, uh, at fat Tuesdays or the before it, it would be in the seven seventies, I believe Okay, uh, nope. 68, something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. So uh, I'll, I'll but, help
0: you. I'll help you shape it real quick. So I'm a huge Zeppelin yeah. fan. Okay. Huge. I mean, there was a, a time and day where like I, I wouldn't go a day without referencing them. So yeah, okay. Zeppelin one was recorded at the beginning of and released in early 69. Yeah. Zeppelin two was recorded in uh, late 69 released in 70.
1: Okay. Zeppelin
0: three was 71 yeah. and so on. Um, right. And they weren't technically considered a commercial success until after Zeppelin four. Correct. So, right. you know, which is uh, just, mind boggling to think. But after four, you know, the, the kind of went, Oh wait, we missed it.
1: Yep. Exactly. Back. turns
0: out they've been genius this whole time.
1: Right. right, Exactly. (laughs) I think it was 68 or right around there that we, Okay. We had to see, see
0: him. Yeah, so, so he was I mean he's still certainly a figure because of course he right. was with the Yardbirds and he played with Clapton and he played with Jeff Beck.
1: Right. right. Exactly right.
0: So yeah. so many prominent guitarists and musicians, student musician, tu- touring musician, et cetera, that he certainly right. had a name for himself. Yes, before okay. Zeppelin existed.
1: Yes.
2: Yes, yeah. So exactly. that makes that
0: makes sense that you would have gone into even pre Zeppelin and, yeah, and met right. with Jimmy and Nolan, you know, because they didn't they didn't go to the US as Zeppelin until after I No, think, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So the, these things you have to remember, this is even from my memory. Yeah. I, as I told you, he didn't tell me who we were going to see. Right, right. You got there, you know, and then you're, you're saying, is that who we think? And, you know, it it was that kind of a thing. Yeah. So you're, you're putting the dates probably around that 68, 69, right around that time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. It's funny that he did that to you. He must have done that a bunch of times, right? Because he did it first with, with your parents. It started.
1: Exactly. Right. (laughs) I think he did that with everybody. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, uh, he did that with Mary. Right. Mary Mary Ford, as you know, I guess you know the story, but uh, she didn't know where he was when she went to his house and, and she didn't even know she was talking to him on the front lawn. (laughs) Nor did he tell her. Right. Go around the side of the garage and crawl in the window. They're inside. That's yeah. my studio. He had no oh, door.
2: Right.
0: So
1: that's, <laughs> so incredible. Gives you know, it, it, that's the way he was. He just yeah. had
0: a good sense of humor, huh?
1: Very good sense of humor. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah
0: I, he just, he's just messing with people. It's, you know, it's, it's good natured,
1: but he's oh just yeah. messing
0: with people. I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. he, he would do that. You know, I, I have to say it got more serious uh, later on. He wouldn't sure. do too much of that with me after later on. Sure. But uh, but he would say, "What well, do you think this is funny? I'm going to tell you a story, you know, I, <laughs> okay, tell me a story. Right. So I won't get into that now, but uh, yeah. you know, I don't forget, I'll be driving him in every Monday for all those right. years right. To, to work. And so the stories on the way in and the stories <laughs> on the way out, you know, was yeah. constantly. Right. You know? Of course. Yeah. So, so, and I, my, I'm all ears because I want to know this history.
0: Right. Yeah, of course. You know, of course. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. So one last question. Um, is there anything about the SG that we should know that we don't?
1: That's a good question. Uh, basically, I think I pre- I told you about the things that you didn't know, how you right. turned it into low impedance. for Yeah, him to yeah that rest. was okay. a good one. Yeah. Uh, as far as anything else, um, uh, let's put it to you this way. Uh, An SG that he would use would have an extended headpiece for him most of the time. What that means is that there's more room past the nut Uh because he's a pull-off guy. Okay. Uh Because he had that on, on his later guitars as well. And this was a later guitar. The SG was a later guitar. Right. And so he'd say, I like it, but I get caught up there. I hit the top of the back of the headpiece or the end of the headpiece. Right. And so can you make some with extended headpieces? So the this the, the customs were mostly built that way for him yeah and you would see this little difference in the distance between the nut and the beginning of the bottom of the headpiece giving yeah. more room for him to do pull-offs right so that was uh that was something that he did
0: and, and you know, he wasn't just doing a typical pull-off i mean he was kind of gesturing right
1: oh yeah very animated yeah. very yeah. animated player yeah i mean i think uh, if you ever saw that little uh uh video of him and Mary playing back and forth and she's copying what he does. <laughs> uh, and he and he grabs that that he grabs that guitar. Uh-huh. I think he I think he broke his pinky when he did that because he's oh, you know, yeah, I, and then he broke a string, and he had to finish the rest of the gig, but anyway, anyway, but yeah, yeah, the Les was very animated when he played, Fantastic. he loved to be animated because he said, "I want them to follow my fingers my hands uh-huh. that's the reason for a black guitar and a and a white tuxedo and a white guitar with a black oh, wow. tuxedo wow that's that's the reason why, and they 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 made some custom s g s that were black too, as you know,
0: yeah, I, I, right, I don't know what you know. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I did. Yeah, I didn't yeah. but I didn't know that was why. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, that's why. Well, that's why he did it, because he wanted, he said, when you have an ebony fretboard, they can see your fingers fly when you're on stage and they yeah. put the lights on. He said, but at the same time, if you have a black guitar with a black suit, lots of times that doesn't look as good. Sure. So if you have a light colored suit and her in a white dress, man, it looks beautiful when you've got these two guitars up there that's fantastic. in black. That's you know? fantastic. So he's always looking at how uh-huh. it looks yeah. to, the, to the audience. Totally. He says, the audience is everything, Tom, yeah, everything. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some of his, his live stuff and it's, is it's just such a joy to watch him. You oh know, yeah. You really see how much he enjoys it. So you, you can't help but to enjoy it yourself.
1: Oh, of course. And of course, you know, he said, Tom, I'm a technical guitar player. I said, I can play blues and so on and all that stuff too. And jazz, but. I'm really a technical player. I like to be flying all over that fingerboard from one end to the other. I want people to see my fingers move because yeah. that, that is exciting to the audience.
0: Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, before we go, tell me about that uh, that guitar you got hidden away back there. In oh, back here.
1: Okay. Well, this is this I believe is one of Les's guitars, and um, what's happening here is that this fingerboard is not very wide for him up here at this section. So what he asked Gibson to do is add a piece of ebony all the way down to make it wider. Oh, it's okay. a separate piece of ebony, not a, not a, not a, uh, piece of binding, Right, but a piece of ebony. So he's got it, like an eighth of an inch on either side added to give him that, that kind of uh, width that he likes. Yeah. So when he's wow. doing those pull-offs, he's, you know, he's fine, you
2: know? <laughs> right.
1: Uh, anyway. So uh, that's, that's something that's interesting about this guitar. Um, yeah. also, This guitar is actually um, uh, I had one in my shop, which was another one I redid for him also, which I don't have a picture of that right now. But anyway, uh, this one also was modified in the back. You can see back here Uh for electronics is a piece taken out of here. Yeah. Uh, That was for the transformer that went in there to make it low impedance. Wow. So. So anyway, that's the two things I can tell you on this one. Um, And of course, it's got that very fast uh section past right here, which is very nice, a nice feel, which they later did to guitars today. Yeah. But that's great. But anyway, yeah. what uh, kind of yeah ahead, I'm sorry.
0: that's okay. What what year is that?
1: I believe this is actually a 65. Wow.
0: Well, can you pull it up oh. and show me the body?
1: Sure. Sure. Wow. And uh if you look at the serial, then you probably can't see it, but from what I saw on the serial number, it was a 65. Yeah, it, yeah I can't, he can't see it. You okay. can't, can't see it. Yeah, it's tough. If anyway. He,
0: if you flip it back over and show that um, the way that the bridge is routed, it looks like there was a little bit of work done down there.
1: Uh, yeah, like well,
0: th-
1: well, yeah, what he did, he took off, he took off, uh, you know, the tailpiece they had, which is a sideways tail piece. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then, uh, decided that he would just make a, a, just a regular stop tail piece down here. Nice. So you can, I uh, do right, right there. Stop yeah. there. I'm sorry. I got it.
2: No,
0: yeah. I can see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. And so that basically gave a longer string length also, which he yeah. liked, which the, you could use bigger strings and they'd feel lighter. Uh-huh. You follow with that. So yep. that, that was part of it also. So these yep. little modifications, you see, he was even doing that to the SG as yeah. it was, yeah. And uh, so it was originally white. And when he had the pieces put on the side of the fingerboard, uh-huh. he told him to take the white off and just put a clear on it. <laughs>
2: oh, wow. Well, so, yeah,
1: So that's it wasn't really a clear guitar. You can see the white inside. Right. It was originally cream yeah. white, you know? Yep. So
0: um, inside where the bridge pickup was.
1: Yes, right. It looks that's, like... Yeah, that's chopped out even more. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's
0: what I was talking about. Yeah, that yeah. you can see yeah. it's been there's been some work done on that one. What, yes, what benefit? What benefit is there having that depth there?
1: Uh, I think that uh, he had very low action at the time, uh huh, Uh with the big strings, and he you know he had to get that pickup down lower. That's what I think happened on this guitar. I don't know that for a fact. Sure. But let's put it to you this way: it most likely seems like that would be the reason reason for him doing that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, but uh, so and, and but the other reason could have been is that he was winding two separate bobbins and putting them in there. And they needed a little bit more depth. Hmm. Interesting. You know, less less was I have a hole in the back of my my office. Yeah. I have a, a half of a, maybe a six, eight feet long of all the different pickups that he was making and designing yeah. for a number of years yeah. and that's really quite interesting yeah. and he was making high impedance pickups as well but yeah. that gives you an idea of all different designs that he was using and he made pickups that would fit into a guitar like this like I told you that uh, baritone guitar uh-huh. I had the baritone pickups that he made for it and wow. uh, he used fiberglass wrapped around his coils and and then formed a, a cover for it, and then painted it black. Mm. But there was not really a black cover. He made the cover out of fiberglass. I mean, wow. Les was always doing something, and yeah. he would put them in his oven and heat them up so they cure more more quickly.
0: Wow, that's super cool. <laughs> thanks for thanks for showing us that one. That one is that one's fantastic.
1: Good, good. I'm glad. Especially
0: you having it. removed the white or the cream and made it, you cleared that's
1: man. I love that. Yes. Yes, he did, and uh, I didn't do that job for him. I got this guitar later, mm-hmm. but uh, this was a, this was the tailpiece that was on it, you know, which you all remember.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. that was great.
1: So I have that, you know, but uh, thank God I have many of his yeah. changes and products and things he designed, yeah. which I'm very thankful for having that. It's yeah. just uh, great for me to be able to show that.
0: Totally. Absolutely. And good for you for holding on to it. Even just for you,
1: because it's easy to
0: toss things away in the moment and not, you know, not realize it.
1: I could tell you some stories, which I can't do now, but um, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff thrown away, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get into those stories in the future. Okay. We're going to talk about all the things that you're working on, the pickups that you're working on right now. Good. Good. Less is how, how would you call it? What is, what is it that you're working on right now for um, the humbuckers?
1: Well, the, the Doyle coils are a very unique pickup and that uh, what Les was doing. Now, this is back uh, right up into the 90s. Les was getting a new guitar from the Gibson uh, uh, Artist Award, Artist uh uh, facilities in and and actually in new york okay mm-hmm. and they would send them over a guitar and he says, i want to hear those high impedance pickups that they're using because i they're not they, they don't sound good to me yeah they're, they're muddy on the bass strings and i don't like them so every month or even sooner they would send him another guitar to try out at, mm. uh, at the iridium right and i would record that guitar mm. and then he would compare it to his guitar yeah. And then we would A, B that when we got home at the house. Yeah. And it was always a science project. And he said, Tom, <laughs> they're just not going to get there. He says, there's got to be a weather weather way to do these high impedance pickups and make them have a more bell like beautiful sound rather yeah. than just a muddy sound. And sure. he was, he was working on that right to the day he died.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, essentially yeah. Max and I got, Uh, you know, wind of the fact that nobody's even known that. And so we could take this even further and develop it to what less would like. Yeah. And that's how the Doyle coils came about. Yeah. And uh, it's a wonderful humbucking pickup. Yeah. Uh, There's people that are using those guitars uh, that we we modify that, The True Clones. Yeah. Yeah, And they just can't believe the way these guitars sound. Well, it's because of the pickup, but also the work we're doing on the guitars. Yeah. But essentially, uh, that pickup is really, really responsive. And Mm. with a little change on the tone control or volume control, you can get a myriad of sounds of Mm. rock and roll of the 60s and and 70s, but mostly, uh, you know, the, the, the people that we all looked up to playing you know let's fall on guitars uh-huh
0: that's and
1: uh fantastic. so that's where it comes about so that's anyway fantastic
0: yeah i uh i haven't played one yet but i okay i want to i'm i'm bugging back okay. constantly <laughs> okay <laughs> I, <you> know, <laughs> so i'll, I'll get one well, of you, yeah.
1: gotta, you gotta talk to max about that but uh uh, I, they're expensive guitars because there's so much work goes into them. Totally. But anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah. We well, yeah. pay for it. You know, I, I know that yeah,
1: that's true. I know That's true. fantastic.
0: So I don't even question it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I am excited even just to hear the pickups. So I'm, I'm ready to, so now oh, that yeah, I are even, closer to each other, you know, there's a, a real possibility for that happening in the near future. Good.
2: So, uh, um, yeah, yeah,
0: we are definitely going to get into more of that because I want to hear kind of the process, what you're right. on, and, you know, just really right. kind of explore that. And then just the, the length of your career, both, sure. with, you know, and without yeah, left it's sure. look like, so, uh, yeah. in our next conversation we'll dig into that a little bit more, but for now, thanks so much for answering all these questions about the SG and the, and the, uh, the, the second last Paul or, <laughs> you know, whatever it is that gives you yeah, all.
1: Yeah. I hope, I hope that I, you know, gave you some information that was not known before
2: yeah, and, great. uh,
1: and that it's usable for people to understand more precisely what really was. Totally. Went.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. This has been, this has been excellent. So thanks so much for your time, Tom. We'll talk soon.
1: Thank you very much, Ken. Same to you.
0: All right. Have a good day.
1: All right. Bye-bye now.
0: There you have it. <laughs> there it is. Les's name was removed from the SG for two reasons. He didn't want to give his soon-to-be ex-wife, Mary, more than he felt like she should get, and because of his preference. He just wasn't that crazy about the SG. You see, the problem with the two camps on the internet saying it was preference and it was business was is that they were both right and wrong by not acknowledging that it actually was a two-part story. There was a lot in that. When you do business with your spouse, there's, it's not just so clean cut, and there are some things that have to happen. Ted McCarty is actually having been quoted as the idea man behind removing Les's name from the SG for those purposes so that Mary didn't get more than they felt like she should. Because unbelievably one of the pieces in Les's contract was every single electric solid body guitar that Gibson sold, Les got a cut of. So it didn't matter if it was the Firebird, the Thunderbird, the Les Paul, the SG, anything. He got a cut of that. So, and of course those things didn't, most of those didn't exist yet, but the point being, when those guitars sold, she got a cut. So if he divorces her and, his name isn't on it, that means there's less money. That means that Ted McCarty was gonna pay him later for it. That means that she doesn't get as much as she would have. That's, that's a business move. You may not agree with it relationally, maritally, but it's, I mean, it's a business move. And that was a savvy move on his to ensure that she didn't get more than he felt like she deserved. And the second one just being preference. He was a very animated player as we talked about. And when you're an animated player like that, those horns, those cutaways can be detrimental to your hands. Throwing your hands around and hitting those things, that can hurt. I mean, there's a broken pinky, as Tom you know, acknowledged, catching that guitar wrong and breaking his pinky on it. That's a big deal that matters. But again, he played it. He understood the value of it financially. So him playing it meant that more guitars sold because his name was on it at one point and he was outsporting it. The thing is, the SG is the highest selling guitar that Gibson makes. So, why wouldn't he want to have more of those sell? That just means it's more money for him. That's crazy that that was all it really was, just the preference. But again, you know, again, 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 he makes it his and he plays it more. He adopts it in because he makes it his and he just doesn't keep him stuck. He makes the guitar work for his needs, which is, it's cool. There's no other way to say it, it's cool. So with all that, I just wanna say a huge thanks to Tom Tom, you're wonderful. It's always an absolute pleasure working with you, talking with you, connecting with you and hearing your stories. It's just, you're easy to talk to. You're, you're wonderful. I, I always really appreciate our time. Thank you so much for giving that time up so that we could connect in this way and help inform the world why it is that uh, Les Paul's name was added to and then later removed from the SG. We appreciate how you helped inform this subject. Also, please go see the work that Tom is doing right now. Before Les Paul passed away, Les was working on the perfect humbucker, the ultimate humbucker. He was truly never pleased with the humbucker which is crazy to think because that's what we're playing now. He's got a guitar with his name on it and he still wasn't 100% satisfied with the sound that came out of the humbucker. So so up until Les's dying day, he was working on finishing developing the perfect humbucker and after Les passed, Tom picked up the, the notebooks, he picked up the work, he picked up everything that they had accumulated over their 45 plus years of work together and he carried on that legacy and he finished the project. He finished the humbucker, making the perfect humbucker. And now with the Doyle Coils True Clones PAF humbuckers, thanks to Tom and the team and their work, you can have that sound that Les spent his entire life creating. You can purchase these directly through their website, DoyleCoils.com, and connect with them on their social media with the links below on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Those links are below, makes it nice and easy, takes you right to them so you can learn more about what they're doing, watch the videos, learn all about it, connect with them, and even purchase their incredible products. Don't worry, we will absolutely be doing another interview with Tom, discussing all the things that he's working on, including the products that we just mentioned, how it is that he got to that point, how it is that he came to put those pieces together and make them, um, more about Les Paul and all of his crazy experiences with Les, some of the stars that he's worked with, um, and everything in between. Please stay tuned, because again, Tom is a, a wealth, a goldmine of musical history, knowledge, and stories, and it's just such a pleasure to get to have this conversation with. So make sure to watch those when they come out. If you've enjoyed this video, please like, comment your favorite part below, subscribe, and consider sharing this with your friends. Thanks
2: so much. We'll see you next time.